you can't just um, say you want to come out once because you continuously meet people that don't know this part of you. So you have to keep telling them every day that, oh, yo, this is who I am. What's up, guys? It's your boy, Trollies Music King. If you hear my voice, you know what that means. It's time for another edition of All the Tea with Verse TV. And today, we have a special treat for you guys all the way from Nigeria. We have Mr. Matthew Blaze, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, Matthew? Hi. Hi, <laughs> hi, everyone. That's what I'm talking hi. about. Look at that smile, y'all. See that smile? Um, so, for our audience who may not know who you are, um, where are you from? Um... I'm from Nigeria. I'm from Lagos, Nigeria. Lagos, so, Nigeria. Mm -hmm. Yes, Lagos is um, a very big, big state in Nigeria, and it was the former capital of the country. So I was born and bred here, and I'm currently studying literature at a university. Nice. Well, awesome. Yes, so I'm also... Um, I'm also an activist, um, an LGBTQ rights activist here in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. I use um, social media as a means of my activism and my lived experiences as a way of reaching out to young gay people in Nigeria. Nice. Well, thank you for being supportive to the LGBT community in general, you know, especially all work in Africa, doing your thing, you know, just know we're proud of you over here in America. Thank you for doing your thing. Um, you know, it's important for people to stand up for um, LGBTQ rights, for our rights. And so uh, you're doing your thing. So thank you for that. So being that you are an LGBT rights activist in Nigeria, how does a typical day look like for you in Nigeria, being an activist? Um, um, the, the reality of, of activism in Nigeria is sad and it's somewhat depressing somehow depressing because um, Nigeria is is um, a slow society, I would say. A society that is not ready to assimilate. Uh, a society that is not ready to accommodate others or tolerate us at all. Mm -hmm. So the, the growth process here is very slow. So whenever you talk about LGBTQ, um, the government and the people at large just just see you as an unserious person, someone that should not be, someone that should not have a platform to talk. So they try their best every day to shut you down, to shut you up and make it seem like your struggle should, your struggle does not matter. They invalidate you, invalidate your stories and go and, and go to the point of of making you feel so bad about your life, making you regret, regret being gay totally mm. and being an activist. Mm. Um, the country is very slow and it's not really accommodating to people of diverse expression. 
Got it. Wow. Well, it's definitely sad to hear, but hopefully as things continue to progress with people like you, things will change for the future. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your coming out story? I know that it can be a continual process in the life of a homosexual yes. around the globe. Can you tell can you tell us about your story? Um, I think I think yes, coming out definitely is not it's not a one time thing. Coming out is a process and you can't just um say you want to come out once because you continuously meet people that don't know this part of you. So you have to keep telling them every day that, oh, yo, this is who I am, and you just have to deal with it. So um, to me, I, I feel the, the, the most important part or the most important coming out story for me was coming out to myself. But coming out to myself. And it was not really, it was not really okay because I had to go through some, some, some dehumanizing means until I came out, until I came back to that realization that nothing is changing. I am not changing and people just have to deal with it. So it was L. I, I I had to go for conversation and um, this the the Vegas priest I met they they offered to change me they offered to make me straight and mm, I, okay. um I kept I kept praying I kept fasting I kept doing a lot of shitty things just to make myself straight obviously and. None of them worked. None of them worked. I was still in, in that position. I felt I was still not different from what I originally felt. What I originally felt. So coming to that realization that I wasn't going to change at all was difficult because I was conditioned. I, all of us all of us in the society, we humans are conditioned to accept ourselves in a particular way. So I was conditioned to accept myself as a as a straight person, whereas I am not ever straight. Difficult to break through that conditioning to my own real identity. So, but I I did it and was brave. It was it was a sign of bravery. It was it was bravery from so happy that of my life now where I don't really give a fuck about anybody and and anything. Um, I I just had to I was conditioned to be a straight person. So growing up growing up I had to fight this social conditioning to accept my real identity. Now, I don't care about anyone, fuck the government, fuck every instrument of oppression over there, fuck the people, fuck every other person that does not want to accept me for being who I am. I, I don't give a fuck about them, so fuck them. 
<laughs> I totally understand. You got to just get to a point where you're just like, I got to live life for me. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's what makes me happy. And so I, I feel you would understand, you know, power to the people. Um, <laughs> so shout out to you. In some countries on the continent, homosexual sex between men is illegal, but homosexual sex between women is legal. Are women legally allowed to be in openly loving homosexual relationships? Or does that stipulation only usually manifest if a man wants to see two women have sex? Um, yes, male wanting to see two women having sex because men has come. So, um, I, I think it's not really about acceptance. It's about fetishizing women. There's this, there's this fetishization of women by men. They don't, they don't fucking, like, and if you, if you really examine it, men don't really like two women being together. They just love the idea of sex in it. And they love the idea of them being in that union. They like centering themselves in, 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 in women's whatever. <laughs> so, so um, they like it when women are under them. They like it when they can give the orders to women. Oh, mm -hmm. yes, you can your fellow woman. Yes, you can do this. Yes, you can do that. And yes, it, it's misogynistic. It's misogynistic because because it, 18 women, you feel women are not up to your standard as a man. And you feel they are under you. You have every right to control them. So it, it's not okay. And I, I think before we, in, in the fact that something is legal, the fact that something is legal is generally acceptable, does not mean it does not have flaws, does mm -hmm. not mean it's perfect, does not mean it's okay. Yes, here in Nigeria, here in Nigeria, women are, are somehow given a free hand. Free hand. So if you see two women kissing at a club sometimes, um, they don't care. Men don't care about that. They only care about their penises and and where their penises is going to enter after after the old the old kitchen scene. So so and not acceptance. This is not acceptance. This is fetish and fetishization is totally wrong. We are all humans. Right. We deserve respect. Right. We, we, we deserve respect, not because of what we carry. And again, for the aspect of men, there's the toxic, toxic masculinity. And toxic masculinity is something we really need to address. The fact that um, men are not allowed to do some things because they are men mm -hmm. and forced into them to that's why I, I feel toxic masculinity also is one of the pillars of of homophobia because you feel threatened you feel threatened by by men doing things they should not do which which is totally wrong. If we are to accept, if we are to understand diversity, we need to understand that we cannot all be the same. 
we can never all be the same. We are right. all diverse human. So toxic masculinity is is like a worm, a worm that is eating up masculinity from the inside. So you mm. don't you don't get to see it outside, but it's eating masculinity from the inside and making masculinity making masculinity a threat to even making masculinity a threat to men also. So it's not really legal for women to do their stuff here. Mm -hmm. It's just because of the fetishization of women. Got it. And men see women as inferior people that can just do anything and get away with it because they are women. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Not Got because it. they accept them, but because they like it. They just like the fact of the. They just like. They just like the men like dominance. And that's Got it. it. Got it. Wow. Well, thank you. Please tell people where they can find you in case they want to be inspired to get in contact with you or maybe, you know, reach out. Um. Okay. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and, and Twitter. I do my advocacy work on these platforms, and I use my my lived experiences as as a means of reaching out to people. So um, you can get me on Facebook with Matthew Blaze, and on Instagram with Matthew um, Point Blaze. And that's B L A I S E. Yes, yes. Okay, cool. B L A I S E. Got it. Okay, awesome. On Twitter, at Blaze underscore 21. Boom, just like that. You got Instagram, we got Twitter, <laughs> we got Facebook, we got it all. Awesome, amazing interview. Thank you so much again for your time. All the way from Nigeria, Lagos, Nigeria, ladies and gentlemen, we had uh, Mr. Matthew Blaze here for our. All the tea into be with Verse TV. I'm your boy Troy Reese Music. Thank you guys for tuning in. Matthew's gonna be here uh, always with his interview, so you can check it out. And I uh, thank you guys so much. Like, comment, subscribe. And if you want to talk to Matthew, you can write anything below. We'll make sure we'll get your answers. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you.